1: Evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International, right here on Toginet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Ghost Channel, and beyond. The Downton Abbey of... Talk radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the mad. New England's own Van Helsink with me all the way from the UK, if it's still there. He is the gold standard in Ghost hunting, according to the Wall Street Journal, very big in Japan, and was on that show, uh, Most Haunted, Mr. Steve Parsons. Sounds like you've got cabin
2: fever. How deep are those snow drifts run?
1: You know, the snow drifts are pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nice, you know, because I have it. My uh, my computer is actually right in front of the window, and uh, uh, it's kind of cool. So I get the. I always leave that sh- the shades and the uh, blinds open in that window, so I can watch the world go by. So it's amazing.
2: Well I hope you're looking after and feeding all of those little uh, yard rats and uh, wildlife.
1: Uh, they're they're hibernating. They're in a far better place than I am. Uh, so, anyways, but uh, you know, there was a. We were prepared for it. Everybody ran to the uh, grocery store and got their bread and water and beer and chips and whatever else they needed. And Yeah, it made it the BBC News. Market basket ran out of bread. There you go.
2: <laughs> and apparently, it must be a serious storm because uh, some of our mutual New England uh, friends, Spirit Questers, have been posting pictures of DD, Dunkin' Donuts, shut.
1: Oh, please say it.
2: Any... eat. Yeah, yeah, apparently. No. Closed. <laughs> closed. Dunkin' Donuts, closed.
1: That's serious do you know, weather. Do you know, we have a uh, a uh, food chain here, and, oh, I can't think, what's the name of that place? Oh, Sugar, just can't think of the name of it. Anyway. Oh, my God, Denny's. That's it, Denny's. And about, uh, probably about five years now, five years ago, they decided to close on Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve for the, the uh, people. And they had to go put locks in the doors because they had never closed. Wow. We don't How have bizarre. that. We, we, we,
2: we still just close for Christmas Day, except for one or two gas stations. Mm. So, apart from the, you've been making the news here in the UK with your weather and uh, stuff like that, what's the paranormal been doing for you this week?
1: Nothing. <laughs> well, you could come over here and give me a hand then, because... No, everything's quiet. You know, I'm, I'm working on my kitchen and preparing for different things and moving into my office and all that crap. Uh,
2: you should have been over here lending me a hand because I, it's gone. The manuscript has gone to the publishers. It oh, went, uh, Mr.
1: Went,
2: uh, yeah, went, <laughs>
1: he's
2: he's, he's coloured in a few uh, pages. I'm
1: sorry, I didn't hear that. Quite. What was
2: that? He's mm, done a little bit, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he sent he sent me sent me uh, finished or a proof manuscript yesterday, and uh, inevitably, because it had come from Cal, it needed some work. So uh spent four hours reformatting it today. Well, um, well, you know
1: what? He's just brilliant. He's an academic, and he's just so brilliant. He no, just can't it, get to the it, common man.
2: We're going to get Cal on in a few weeks so he can tell you all about the book. But um, in fairness, what it was is because a lot of uh, the whole of the first section has been, um, it contains different chapters that cover the physics of sound, the psychology of sound, noisy ghosts, noisy spirits, electronic voice phenomenon, infrasound, a whole raft in section one. That's predominantly authored by Cal and I. Um, we have
1: our own chapters. What's, what's the name of the, What's the name of this book?
2: The book's called Paracoustics, and it will be available on pre-order very soon, and should hit the shelves for real, hopefully before Easter. Um, in hardback, a proper book. But the second section of the book is we've gone to some of the leading researchers uh, around the UK, uh, members of the Society for Psychical Research, people who've been studying electronic voice phenomena. Uh, people who've been studying uh, the knocks and raps of poltergeists and seances, mm-hmm. uh, this, the psychological effects of, of sound and music on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've included uh, a third section, which is uh, some of the original uh, papers, the journal papers from the Society Journal, uh, suggested reading. And then there's a fourth section, which is an appendices, which is full of how-to guides. An in depth look at sound analysis, uh, EVP techniques, um, a, a neat way to use an iPhone for detecting uh, low frequency sounds. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's roundabout, I think we're going to be around about 500 pages um, when it comes out. So, uh,
1: but what it was. I, I assume I'll be getting a copy when you come over here at Sparkless, right? Uh, you might not have
2: to, I might just post you one.
1: <laughs> but you never, you never read books. Well, I want a sign by Cal. I mean, the author. Well,
2: you never read books.
1: What's I going to do with these, Steve? I'm not getting your point. <laughs>
2: well, what's the point? It's a bit of a waste.
1: But um, No, well, books, with, books are my friends, as, as you know, and, and, and I'm sure oh, you no, have.
2: I've, deli- I've delivered many across the Atlantic on my trips.
1: That's right. I've got that wonderful from Mr. Benson, about Haunted Island.
2: Well, one of the problems that we did have because we 've got so many contributing authors for the second section is um, differences in the file format some people have been using older versions of, uh, of uh, Word and others have been using you know different different uh, programs and that meant a little bit of hassle with the formatting that we 've dealt with um, but it 's all done it's uh, all it 's got Lots of pictures that people can color in. we oh, we, left good, out, good, good. we left out the Sudoku, it. which I i did want to put on. But it has um it has a funny or two in it as well.
1: Well, yeah, you know, i I'm, I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Uh I'm as people know as people know we are supposed to have uh Kalilla, uh on, she's a uh you know, a psychic and uh Evidently, uh, her psychology isn't working too good because she is not available, according to Skype. So, hmm, interesting. Uh, maybe they're having a uh, heat wave in New Orleans. That's what it was, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it
2: is. I'm, I'm sure it'll be resolved. I'm sure it'll be resolved. But,
1: sure, so that, she'll then, be back. Yeah, You so know, that, maybe she crossed over to the other side and couldn't come back. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm looking forward to getting her on because she. I was looking at a website earlier, and she she does have an extensive repertoire an extensive um, uh, itinerary of things that she offers. Uh, she's an intuitive psychic medium. Uh, uh-huh. She does galleries and séances, table tipping, physical séances.
1: Oh, which is, you secret. know, that's my that's my stick. Well, you know, table tipping,
2: physical séances is something. The, harks back to the old days of spiritualism, of course. Yes,
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and khalila has been featured on, well, on all of the major channels. Uh, she's also worked alongside the British medium.
1: Oh, table channels, don't say major channels.
2: Uh, well, I was going to say the Travel Channel A&E History Discovery, the BBC. Right. Yeah, they're, they're big names. Um, yeah. yeah. She, she lacks the Japanese spin, though, but... but you know it's- well i was going to say she did she does but uh she's also worked with our our mutual friend uh billy roberts the medium the uk medium and they worked together i think around about eight or nine years ago now might be longer on a video game um for sony um i think it was for the obviously for the playstation um and we were going to have a chat to her about that uh but mm-hmm. i think we've also got billy on in a few weeks so maybe he can fill in uh the missing gap so obviously uh she has been involved with the japanese media but i'll tell you what talking about the japanese i was watching today wait,
1: wait, wait maybe she crossed over and then they revoked her visa possibly possibly mm, i got it yeah okay
2: but I was taking a break from editing today and I was watching something called The World's Scariest Ghosts Captured on Camera. Uh not not the mainstream broadcast, but there's um there's a Japanese programme. Uh, and do you know what? Some of these ghosts that they captured on camera, I think even even you would would ridicule. Because I you know No way. You know how, even you, there was there was some that were that were plainly plainly um, apps, and there was others. There was one in particular that looked like it was an outtake from Paranormal Activity, complete with all the bad editing cuts and the, the jumpy screen and the <laughs> noises that they, they keep putting Hey, in. good
1: news! Good news! Kalila has been hearing my my banter, and she is Yay. ready to speak. Yes, we would love to have you call her, because I have so many questions to ask.
2: Excellent.
1: So, anyway yeah that's exciting uh y- you know and and of course, we've got some neat stuff you and I planned uh, for the future, right
2: i I hope so we, we We've been talking about plans I don't know what I, right. what I'm allowed to reveal
1: and well you know I, I, somebody gave me the the great uh, and one of them I, I thought we, we might be doing a bus tour, but we'll, we're not going to talk about that right now, but oh, oh, so I'm not going to mention the me bus a, tour Grave gave me a great idea. To how we could bide our time on the bus tour, that I'm not going to talk about. Um, And it's an awesome song. It's 99 Orbins, 99 Pictures of (laughs) Forks on the Wall. (laughs) How can you beat that? That would be a fun song to sing as we go along on this bus tour that I can't talk about.
2: It would certainly, I think it would certainly help at the rest stops. It would empty the bus pretty quick. On the bus tour that we can't talk about.
1: exactly. If we were doing a bus tour. But yeah. I can uh, deny or confirm.
2: We have got absolutely, well, to use the government, I'd just like to make it absolutely clear that we may or may not be doing anything to do with buses in the near future, in
1: the coming years. Hey, what? I, think we, I think we now have, uh, wait a minute, uh, I think we have Miss um, Kalila. On.
3: Hey. Yay. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can. Yes,
3: we Great. can. Great.
1: Awesome. Good afternoon. Evening. Uh, Good I afternoon. Ha- I, ha- I was having so much fun when you weren't here, though. But I was saying, you know, you must have crossed over to the other side and they took your passport and uh, all these other things. But uh, now that you're with us. Uh, I am here. to us. welcome our guests. Yes, please do. Steve, why don't you introduce us? <laughs> Well, I,
2: I think I already did actually. I, I said that before that Kalila is a, well, probably one of the busiest people I've ever seen. Uh, psychic medium based in New Orleans. Uh, and in her, her website has an extensive uh, itinerary of things that she does. Uh, but one of the things that intrigued me most was table tipping physical seances, because that goes right the way back to the earliest days of spiritualism. So. <laughs> It's, I hope she's not that old, but I'd like to welcome Kalila Smith.
3: I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And um, yeah, yeah, I've been um, working with uh, studying uh, physical mediumship. In fact, I just got back in Dece- early December. I had gone to a workshop in Wales uh, with Scott Milligan and um, David Thompson. Mm-hmm. And we spent uh, five days in a fabulous, uh, beautiful, beautiful manor in Wales and studied physical mediumship. We also have one of the only physical seance rooms in the United States here in New Orleans.
1: Mm-hmm. Y- you know, uh, Kaloa, I'm saying that right?
3: Yes, Kalila, yes.
1: Kalila, okay, Kalila, don't sounds Hawaiian. Uh, Kalila, that's pretty... Uh, anyways, I was just talking with a, a good friend of mine who just returned from uh, Arthur Finley's, mm-hmm. and and she she had a lot to say about the the seances that they ran, and and a lot of posed a lot of questions. So I'm going to ask you these same questions because. Sure. And first of all, why the total darkness? That was that was the first question.
3: Well, you know, there's a lot of controversy about that, and and, and that's one of the things that um, we had issues with uh, actually when we went to Wales because everything was done in total darkness. And um, when I when I finished my five days in Wales, I actually visited a friend of a very good friend of mine, Billy Roberts, in Cornwall, and he introduced me to um, a lady by the name of Jeanette, who was the president of a spiritualist church out there, and and her opinion was. If you can't see anything, what what's the point? And, and I tend to agree with that. In our uh, séance room, in our circles, uh, we kind of have a policy of if if something physical is not witnessed by everyone there, it doesn't count. And uh, we do all of our physical phenomena in a red light. Now, some mediums will work with the red light. In fact, uh, when Scott Milligan did his uh, presentation, when he did his physical uh, demonstration at uh, the venue in Wales, at times the red light was turned on. Uh, one of the main reasons that mediums tend to want to do things in total darkness is that they fear the ectoplasm hurting the medium a lot of the ectoplasm that's produced there's actually two types of ectoplasm that are produced uh, physically during um, contact with the other side Uh, the first is produced by the spirits and the other is produced actually by the medium themselves Uh, it's believed that this um, ectoplasmic material is produced in the pancreas it comes out of the nose and the mouth of the medium and it can form uh various things including uh apparitions spirits will use this as a manner in which they manifest on the physical plane there has been times throughout us history that this material if suddenly someone puts on a light or there's certain movement uh, for instance scott was burned very recently when someone threw something at him and it 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 startled the medium, it startled the ectoplasm, and it actually burned him. So they're they're very cautious and very careful for the protection of the medium. But um, we've done experiments, and and I'm sure you're probably uh, familiar with Robin Foy, who did the skull experiment. And they did a lot of their physical experiments in in red light. So... um, you know we believe that you know things can be done in the light in fact there 's even some some tribes in Africa that have produced full body apparitions in complete daylight, so um, you know we tend to believe that the light issue is um, it 's not necessary to do it in total darkness, but we do understand why some mediums feel that need right. isn 't it also
2: the, i mean i 've got to jump in with the the, the, the sort of counter argument that one of the the things that the skeptics would obviously say is of course that in darkness. Uh, darkness allows uh, trickery to take place. It allows people to become uh, confused by what they are seemingly, you know, seemingly taking part with. And uh, physical mediumship definitely waned with the advent of photography that could see into the dark.
3: Well, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, trickery can happen if someone's out, you know, you know to, to, to con people. Sure, that can happen in the dark. And, and you want everybody to be able to see things. Now, with ectoplasm, it is a very bright white. You do not see that in in the white light. You're not going to see ectoplasm. We have seen things. I've actually seen portals open in total darkness. However, in the red light, in the infrared light, you will still see this phenomena. Um, We we have a red light that we use in the room, and we also have infrared video cameras now that we're going to start using to try to capture some of this phenomena because, again, if if everyone – If something physical happens, everyone has to experience it in order for it to be validated. I can't just say I saw this happen. Everyone present has to see it Mm. in order for it to be validated.
2: It's interesting that you talk about ectoplasm because, again, that goes right the way back to the very early days of the spiritualist seances and this idea that these ectoplasmic or teleplasmic uh, rods or extensions from the medium were actually the, the uh, capable of moving objects around the science room. In fact, there are pictures that purport to show exactly that. Yet, when when samples have have been obtained with the consent of the medium, in some instances, the ectoplasm has been found to be uh, egg white, uh, cloth, a whole raft of normal abnormal. Material rather than anything uh, that emanates from, you know, from perhaps a medium or from uh, other than regurgitation. Um
1: yeah, but I mean, even even if you go back to Thomas Glenn Hamilton's work, I mean, he he did the same thing, set up the controlled room and, and cameras and everything else, and, and the photographs were taken in and his collection. Of course, is at the University of Manitoba, and it's gauze that's coming out of the uh, the mediums. It's it's you know gauze with photographs in a, in a lot of instances. Oh
3: so- yeah, absolutely. A lot, there were a lot of uh, fake mediums back then, and a lot of them, from what I understand, had even trained themselves to swallow things and regurgitate it up and Mm. and produce things like that um you know without a doubt um now are you familiar with the skull experiment at all
2: oh very familiar yes
3: yeah yeah that's where they actually came in and they brought experts to challenge the mediums and and You know, they validated a lot of things through um, scientific means. And that's what we try to do as well. We try to uh, incorporate things like um, EVP, you know, electric uh, voice phenomena, uh, video recordings and so forth. And photographic evidence um, in conjunction with doing the medium work so that when uh, things do happen, when there is phenomena, we can actually validate it on a scientific end and say, yes, this indeed did happen.
2: People so, often people often cite the skull report um, as as evidence of of good quality uh, sounds room phenomena. However, uh, so, some of the investigation team that belonged to the Society for Psychical Research, uh, Tony Cornell, for instance, was able to reproduce sem- uh, many of the key effects, the photographic effects, and others, quite normally without using uh, sounds phenomena.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not real familiar with what in full detail they used, but, you know, from what I could see, it looked like they they used um, every means possible to validate what was going on in their seance room. And a lot of the things, the experiments that they conducted were in conjunction with the attempt of getting physical phenomena.
2: That's absolutely that's absolutely true, and in fact, it, it resulted in uh, a book I'm holding in my hand, uh, a proceedings that was issued by the Society for Psychical Research, a very, a very, very, over approximately 450 pages, uh, produced in 1999 by several leading members of the SPR, um, that that looked in detail at the skull. Uh, claims and in fact the skull, the skull or elements of the skull group are still working today aren't they
3: uh yes they are as a matter of fact i think um i, I just got a notification very recently that uh robin foy is actually working on a school experiment too it looks like so it looks like they there's they're going to continue their research and continue documentation of such um, but, I, you know, I think that in any genre, whether you're doing uh, mediumship, um, I, I, I've worked with paranormal investigations for over 20 years, I, I think in any walk you've got people who are going to fake phenomena. I mean, it happens all the time in the paranormal realm. It happens with cryptozoologists. And it's unfortunate because anytime someone does that, it discredits everybody across the board. Mm -hmm. So when you get someone, um, you know, interestingly, someone was telling me a story recently about a medium, whom I won't name, um, who was very famous in in the UK and um, was actually caught when they turned a light on, on his knees, you know, making the trumpets wave through the air.
2: And, and Go on, name them, name him. I'll Oops.
3: not name names, no. But, but you know, use your imagination. Uh, Don't but, need
1: to, I know who you're talking about.
3: Right, right. <laughs>
1: I May mean, no, as well blame no, Derek. Everybody blames Derek.
2: No, it wasn't Derek. It right. wasn't
3: Derek. No, it was not Derek. But they do blame him for a lot of things. <laughs> yes, <they> did. <laughs> but um, you know, and and it, but anytime something like that happens, it discredits everyone. And and I and I think it's sad. Um one of the things they do when they do the seances, the physical seances, in total darkness, is they have people they pick from the audience that go in and they check the room, they check for trapdoors, they check for you know any type of trickery that could be um, seen by by the human eye, and they also make sure that the medium is securely bound in that chair that they cannot move now you know this is done you know for a couple of reasons number one to make sure that the medium is not doing any trickery um which you know when there's total darkness it's hard to you know really interpret that uh but also when people go into trance we do a lot we have a couple of mediums that uh, do a lot of trance work and um in our circles and and we contain them in the chair we, we literally strap them in the chair not so much even though we have the lights on not so much that we're afraid they're going to do trickery but it, these people will just start kind of moving about and we're afraid they're going to get hurt like tripping over something in the dark because spirit will have them um uh, one one medium channels my daughter and she literally she gets up and starts dancing and running around the room and it's you know, the, the medium could actually get hurt if we didn't contain her and, and, and keep her confined to the chair because, um, you know, she'll, she'll just start getting up and dancing and, you know.
2: How do you feel as a, as a professional psychic and a medium? How, did, how do you feel about the, the, the explosion in mediums and the fact that, as you say, quite a, you know, quite a proportion of them are, in fact, using common parlor tricks and psychology? Mm-hmm.
3: I I, I don't like it, but, you know, again, I've seen it happen over and over and over again in every walk of life, not just this one, uh, but particularly on the paranormal end. I mean, we here in the United States, we have a huge amount of people who claim to be demonologists and they're running around saying everything's caused by demons and they're 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 performing fake exorcisms. And, you know, I try to just kind of focus on me i kind of focus on what the work that i do and knowing that what i'm doing when when i'm bringing in spirits when i'm working even with physical phenomena i mean i know the things that i've experienced the things that i've seen heard felt and experienced i know that they're real
2: do you not find it devalues what you do though um in a way that that actually undermines people's respect for what you do
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Especially here in the states, because it's not as commonplace here. It's it's viewed as more as entertainment, and it's very um, Hollywood. And you have a lot of the TV personalities. Um, so it does devalue it. Anytime someone is um, is found to be a fraud, it devalues absolutely. Uh, but there's not a whole lot we can do about it. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what you do. There's going to be people who misrepresent whatever it is they're misrepresenting and they're doing it for the, you know, for the money. And it does discredit everybody across the board.
1: Now so let me ask you just why physical mediumship versus for instance, spiritual mediumship? We, we, you don't have the little toys to play with. You just have the me- speaking through the medium.
3: Well, I do both. I mean, I do mental mediumship. Um, I don't channel. I, I know a lot of people who do channel, but, um the reason that I want to see physical I want to see as much as I can. I want to allow spirit to we believe that spirit is limitless and, and we are taught you know by other spiritualists, um, most of whom were from the UK that spirit is limitless and not to set any kind of expectations or limits on what spirit can do. and if that is the case and spirit is capable of actually manifesting on a physical plane or producing any type of physical phenomena i want to be witness to that i want to see it um this became very personal to me two years ago when um my youngest daughter uh untimely passed away and i wanted to just take everything to another level
2: i can we just uh hold that thought and take that to another level after we have a word from our sponsors
3: sure
1: You're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Ghost Channel, and Beyond.
0: An oasis in this hectic world. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk bubbly, kooky, the the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family.
2: They're strange.
0: Ranged. Unrestrained
2: So grab your favorite brew It's time to rendezvous As we give awards
1: to The Barrett X Family
3: Greetings and felicitations
1: I am Ron Colette, New England's own Van Helsing
3: And I'm Ann Kerrigan, The Blonde Bombshell
1: We are here at the elegant Vintage Hall the Downton Abbey of Menace
3: we would like to extend a formal invitation to you
1: to tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation
3: on TogNet, para Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal.
1: You can even listen live on your smartphone with your TuneIn app or catch the podcast on iTunes.
3: And now, time for tea.
2: Time for tea, indeed. If they hadn't thrown it into the harbour, they, still would, they would still be able to have their very own Downton Abbey instead of borrowing ours. But nevertheless, we're back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. And our special guest tonight is a, one of the hardest working mediums I've uh, had the pleasure to speak to for a very long time. Uh, but not just as a psychic medium, because Khalila, you also are a tour guide.
3: I am. I am indeed. um, I I, uh, run a company called Haunted History Tours here in New Orleans, and we conduct uh, ghost tours of the historic French Quarter. We have a vampire tour, a voodoo tour, cemetery tours, and our regular historic tours as well.
2: There's a few more on this. Let's like see scandal tours, garden district tours. Yes. Yes.
3: Scandal Garden District as a horse historic tour. Um, just about anything we'll tour here in the, the French Quarter or the Garden District.
2: <laughs> Bourbon Street tours.
3: Uh, we stay off of Bourbon Street, though. You don't really need a tour guide to um, up crawl. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> One day I'm going to go to. I've been to Louisiana, but I've never made it to New Orleans because. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I didn't think my wife would let me walk down a street where naked ladies were throwing beads at me.
3: Ah, yes. Well, you know, there's a lot more to Bourbon Street than that. You know, Bourbon Street's actually. Uh, no, always at all. Instead sort of jazz. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> our music. And uh, we're actually worldwide known for our food as well.
2: I. I <laughs> I don't think the food would really be that interesting to me. But we were just diversifying there because I, I, I did notice the second website and I uh, we hadn't mentioned the fact that you do... You must be one of the busiest people in New Orleans, possibly.
3: I'm, I'm, I stay very busy. Um, I, I have a lot of things going on. I, I, I run the tour company. I actually do some of the tours personally myself. I also um, see clients uh, with the psychic and the mediumship stuff. And I teach um, a ghost hunting class and also a class on the haunted history of New Orleans at the Delgado College here in New Orleans. Excellent. So I also teach. I don't
2: know, ghost hunting. I mean, that's I mean that's what I do. Um, that's all I do. I'm just a ghost hunter, um, and I've asked every medium that's come onto this show over the over the years uh, the same basic question. Because mediums, of course, you know, have a long history in the science room, communicating with spirits, uh, and have an intrinsic knowledge of and a belief in the, the the fact that we survive bodily death. Why on earth do mediums go ghost hunting?
3: Uh, well, a medium, it's, it's really important to have a medium there because, number one, I've met a lot of paranormal groups who only do the scientific end of things. And they go, oh, we don't want to use a medium. We don't want to do that. And, and, I, and I think it's silly not to utilize all aspects. Um, I've always... Um, When I do paranormal investigations, I always bring a second medium along with me because we can kind of bounce off of one another what we're picking up and it validates. But if you get something on on, on a spiritual end and you get something on scientific, they each kind of validate each other. And I think the whole the whole importance of, of, of doing any kind of paranormal investigation or ghost hunting is to validate the existence Um, And and the medium's role in a paranormal investigation is to find portals in a particular area, open the portals, close the portals. Uh, There's been many times that we've gone into buildings where people were complaining of ghosts just passing through. And and what we did to help the, the people who own the homes was to help them get the portals closed off and stop just random dead people walking through their house
2: because <laughs> that be kind of spoils it for the ghost hunters though doesn't it if you go in well, the wrong washing not- out the ghosts and you know no point in being here guys the medium's got shut.
3: Yeah yeah nothing to see here everybody go home now. No actually uh, in some respects if you know if there is a situation where there is an open portal and you've got um you know disembodied spirits who have not gone through the light just aimlessly walking through it will stop that but um it is believed nowadays that most hauntings over 90% of all hauntings are actually residual which is an energetic in- impression rather than the intelligent haunting and um you know that's going to still be there that energe- energy is going to still be there so you know people can still go and enjoy their ghost hunting you you just um the the kind of things that I have taken on you know have been you know literally where uh, an 80 year in one case an 80 year old woman was complaining because it was bothering her during the night that people were passing through her bedroom <laughs> and, and it turned out she had a couple of portals and they were literally you know strolling through all night long you know, so well, usually people are being I, I, bothered by something and they they want it to stop
2: i hope you don't mind me jumping back in but yeah, you know I've, no. I've, been, I've, I've been i've been i've been ghost hunting for around about 25 years um At a a high level and longer than, you know, longer uh, generally. And you talk of portals, you talk about residual hauntings, you talk about 90%. I, I, I mean... These statistics, I don't know where, the, where they're coming from, but I don't recognise. I've never encountered a portal. I've never encountered uh, a, a, a dead person just wandering through and aimlessly wandering out again. A lot of a lot of what mediums talk about in relationship to haunting cases mean absolutely nothing to me. And yet, I've been in exactly the same locations at exactly the same times. Uh, am I doing it right?
3: Well, how are you going about your, your 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 investigations? Are you only looking for things in cases in which you've gotten EVPs, or are you only looking for photographic evidence? Um, what exactly are you looking for, and how are you looking for it?
2: Um, well, the the short answer to the to the first part of the question is what we're looking for is some way of verifying what the original human experience was, i.e. They, they saw a ghost, they heard a sound, they smelled a smell, And our job is to try and understand the human experience, the nature of that experience. Was it a real experience? Was it a hallucinatory experience? Was it an external experience? The methods that we use uh vary from uh from psychology they're they're brought in from from the realms of physics we we work with mediums uh we work with our own five senses but it's not it's not the it's this this description of portals and uh, and uh the different classifications of ghosts Uh, i understand ghosts I I hope and yet I couldn't even begin to define one type of haunting from another and to say that you know the 90% of them are this type or that type and there are lots of people who who do define hauntings and there is this difference between the way that mediums I, I often wish pray hope that I was psychic because maybe I would just be better at doing what I'm doing
3: well, I think it helps to to be sensitive to that type of energy. Um, when you start really working on that on that point of, of of your psychic abilities and and the mediumship point, you start becoming accustomed to what that energy feels like. Um, I mean, when I first started this, you know, many many years ago, really working with it, um, I could only tell if something was male or female young or old um i was very much an empath i picked up a lot of physical sensations and through fine-tuning that and 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 really just working with it uh the more you work with it the 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 better you get at it as with anything else but but now i I get a much better understanding um in, in the very beginning i thought i was doing a lot of mediumship stuff you know for years and then later only realized that what i was picking up on was merely just those spirits who had just recently crossed over and were still in that between stage there there are different levels to the other world Um, i've learned through various uh, mentors and and studies and and just basically sitting with spirit how to raise my vibration level and that's basically what the medium does is they raise their vibration and they're able to tune into that higher vibrational spirit and there are different realms of them there's spirits who are more earthbound that are a lot easier for anybody to communicate with and then there are those who are actually um, much higher evolved and have uh, gone on to other levels and you know one must they have a different vibration than we do their world is moving a lot faster than ours is so we have to raise our vibration in order to really tune into them and, and, and open up and be able to receive the messages from them some people receive messages and ways uh through clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentience um others like i know like i said i'm not a channeler but i i I know people that actually channel the spirit and spirit speaks to them so it's there's different gifts i think that people have Mm -hmm. um and i think there's just different methods and the only thing that would be stopping you from experiencing that is uh you
2: No, I I, I didn't say I hadn't experienced anything. What I did say was I don't recognise the 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 terminology of portals and these. Um, But but it's interesting that what you, I mean, what I'm picking up on on that, and not psychically, but is that there is obviously a clear advantage to developing a sensitivity in order to be an effective uh, investigator.
3: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think when people use only the scientific end. And um, don't allow themselves to have that spiritual experience, that, that psychic or medium uh, experience. I think they're only seeing half of the picture. I think you're just, you're, you're cheating yourself out of, of not being able to, to get more out of the experience. And, and that's where I was all along in my journey, is wanting to know more. And that's what's brought me to the physical and of of spiritualism and mediumship. Um, Just wanting to know more, wanting to see more. Um, I had an experience, kind of um, an aha experience last year It was one of my first experiences in table tipping last year uh, in February. There was a uh, physical medium for Florida who had come in, Victor Voganets, and we did a table tipping session. And um, I'd only been in a couple of table tipping sessions, and I heard he was one of the masters. And not only was I in awe over what I saw with the table moving the way it did, but I actually saw my daughter practically manifest as an apparition on top of the table and I felt her kiss me on the cheek um, this was not fake, there was, there was nothing there that could have faked this and I know what I saw and I know what I felt and it was definitely her energy and her personality that was coming through and, and after that I wanted to see more, I wanted to experience more and I started taking my studies of physical mediumship to another level
2: that must have been a great comfort for you
3: I was incredible. It was absolutely incredible because when when she passed away two years ago, um, I I had been working with the paranormal for over 20 years and she had been with me on a lot of these investigations and I became um, not only frustrated but terrified in that I could not reach her. I was not getting the signs from her that I expected to get right away. And um, it brought me to meet a medium who immediately tuned into her, and that's where he really opened my mind to taking things to another level. And since then, uh, the communication I've gotten from her is is absolutely incredible. It's it's beyond words. But it's been it's been an unusual journey, and it's the only thing that gives me comfort is to to know mm-hmm. that I'm able to communicate with her and I've had so much validation and, and it's just taken things to a whole nother level for me.
1: Now, you said you worked with Billy Roberts. Uh, yes. What type of work did you uh, do with uh, Billy?
3: Well, uh, back uh, 11 years ago, I worked with Billy. Uh, there was a Sony Ghost Hunter game uh, that was coming out with PlayStation 2 and they sent a a film crew from Liverpool to New Orleans to do a documentary. They were looking for locations for the games and they wanted me to do a paranormal investigation on several locations to use on a documentary uh, along with this Ghost Hunter game. And they brought Billy Roberts with them and Billy and I worked together on this particular, um, on these investigations for this particular documentary uh, for Sony PlayStation. And we, we we kept in touch through the years. In fact, he asked me several times to come and work in in England with him. And because I, my my daughter was mentally handicapped, so I was taking care of her, I couldn't do it. And um, last year, when I went to study in the UK, I contacted him to see if he'd remember me. And he actually invited me to Cornwall. And I I, I worked with him last year in, in a platform in Padstow. And Billy's actually coming here to teach in september into new orleans and then i'm going to be going back in november uh to do a platform with him and a paranormal weekend in cornwall and hopefully do a platform in london oh that's cool yeah i'm excited Wales is a good place
1: we actually have a question in the uh, chat room for you uh this is from ghost girl she says does do you believe that all spirits should be crossed over
3: believe that ultimately we should all cross over. I don't think it's our job here to cross them over. I think that um, when when we pass, I think we have free will, just like we do here. And I think some spirits um, remain in that tunnel, so to speak, or what I call the between world, because of choice for whatever reason. Um, when I was uh, researching a lot of the near-death experiences, um, people we're pretty much describing the same experience they were talking about being in a tunnel they were talking about seeing the light most people describe being with other souls and feeling as if they were being propelled through this tunnel and they would always add in and there were some souls there that weren't moving and i think those are our kind of what we would call our earthbound spirits and they choose to not move on for whatever reason maybe it's unfinished business maybe they're fearful of retribution it, you know i don't think it's our job to try to fix them i think that people will will move forward and you know ascend as they feel they want to so i don't i don't believe in going in and going hula boola boola and let's cross everybody <laughs> to the light. yeah i don't believe in that i think that that's i think that's unfair <laughs> you know i don't think you should tamper with that sort of thing
1: now, you have a, a lot of books on your, your site, uh, you know, quite a few, like uh, Searching for Spirits and uh, uh, Miami's Dark Side and New Orleans Ghosts and Vampires and Southern horns. How did you do the research on, on these books?
3: Well, I mean, for New Orleans, um, the New Orleans book, that was the first one I wrote. It was an, uh, originally published in 1997. I grew up here. So uh, when we started the tour company, I started researching many of the stories that I had grown up with, the stories that were on our tours, and I just started collecting all of this evidence uh, from these different um, properties that I was going into and and researching. And I kept getting writers on my tour. And they kept saying, they always use this expression, I want to pick your brain. And it was like, well, okay, you know, to answer their questions. And it was like, why am I giving away all this information? Why don't I just put this in my own book? Right, and, right. and basically, that's what I did. It's it's the old uh, cliche, I could write a book. <laughs> well, I did. And it actually became very successful as a local bestseller. And the Searching for Spirits book, that is... Again, I just had enough material from my classes that I was teaching. I was contacted by University of New Orleans to teach a, a, a course on the haunted history of New Orleans, and I incorporated a ghost hunting class in in that, mm-hmm. and I just started collecting all of my research and my you know, experiences and different things that we had conducted in the class, and I, I put it into a book form. The Miami book, that right after Katrina, I actually thought about launching a tour company in Miami and um, went to Miami because we had nothing to do here in New Orleans, and I spent a little time there just kind of delving into some of the unusual things uh, about that area, and, and it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of weird things in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Not just ghosts. There's a lot of weird things there.
2: Yeah, we see the, we see the programs over here.
3: Yeah, it's weird, a, yeah, weird
2: stuff. Weird My, stuff. Yeah,
3: Miami's weird. And what was the, one of the weirdest things I found about that place is the number of serial killers that come out of Miami or wind up in Miami. there's just a lot of weird stuff there.
2: Weird it stuff. Sounds like, it sounds like you're describing Wales. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a terrible place over here.
3: Shocking. Oh, really? Okay. Yep.
2: As you well know.
3: Well, I've only been there once and all I know is there was a lot of sheep. There was it was beautiful which, countryside. Which,
2: which part of Wales did you go to, Curlela? Um, go on, try and say the word.
3: Brecon Brecken Beacons <laughs> Brecon Beacons. My my word. You're you're only an hour away from me. Oh really? Really? Yeah, we were in this um, can't think of the name of the the venue. Um, I know it was a vegan place. It was kind of odd with the the whole yeah, v-
2: that v- vegans v- are very, very old people.
3: That, that was very, very weird. Yeah, it was very strange yeah, with the vegan are. thing. Um, but a beautiful countryside. surrounded just, by sheep and all
2: vegans. vegans.
3: Yeah right, I know. You know, by the fourth day, it was like, you know, if I don't, if I don't, if we don't get service some meat around here, this is going to be like American Werewolf in London. I would be out there on the countryside, you know, chowing down on the sheep or something. It was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, well, Carmine's uh, only
2: chowing down on the Welsh have a reputation for doing terrible, fearsome things to sheep. But so, what? How can people find your websites and your tours and uh, and maybe book you for for one of your um, readings or?
3: services well the tours are located at haunted history com, and um i also have my own website kalilasmith.com and i'm of course on facebook you can find me on facebook kalila one and um get in touch with me i can book you up with a tour book you up the reading um, Hmm. and if you have a ghost in your house maybe even a paranormal investigation
1: now, Khalil, do you have your own uh, ghost hunting team, or, or do you do it solo, or, or how does that work with?
3: Well, I used to have a full-fledged team. In fact, at one time, we had um, our own um, television show, local television show called Haunted New Orleans, and we had a team that worked on that. But um, I've gotten so busy through the years, I really don't do a lot of the paranormal stuff unless I'm doing it for a book or a television show specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, um, I will, of course, do it with my class. I teach it at Delgado. So nowadays, when I do a paranormal investigation, I'm usually doing it with my students okay but now, i will be doing one that from what i understand i will be doing something in in cornwall like i said in november and we'll be working with one of the local paranormal teams in that area good luck yeah it should be fun i'm excited
2: yeah. did you not spot the british irony in that one
3: <laughs> no no i didn't i totally missed that yeah okay
2: <laughs> we're not well endowed with teams over here we're not short of them uh, um but, but I think the, the UK ghost hunting is, is, is rather an echo of the American scene at the moment. In fact, most of it you would recognize because I think we've imported most of it from Ghost Adventures lately.
3: Oh, you know what? Fair enough, though. I mean, you know. It's,
2: You'll be right at home.
3: It'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I had a wonderful time when I was in the UK the last time, and I'm, I'm really excited about coming back.
1: So so I'm a little bit interested w- about your class at the college uh what what's the class about and what what things do you look into in your class Well, I I
3: have a ghost hunting 101 and that class uh is It's only a 12-hour-long class. It's a non-credit class, of course. Uh And it pretty much goes on the basics of ghost hunting. We go over the equipment. We go over the do's and the don'ts, what to look for, what not to look for. I familiarize them with the terminology and also familiarize them with what's a ghost and what's not a ghost. I get into the different types of hauntings. And then I take them out on an actual investigation. So they have an opportunity to learn how to use scientific stuff they have an opportunity to learn how to analyze evp and photographs uh in ghost hunting 201 we get more into the spiritual realm on it we're working um with the mediumistic stuff we're also working with the ouija boards automatic writing and getting more on the spiritual end of things um showing them how to find portals and uh, (laughs) all kind of fun stuff
1: yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, actually.
3: It is. It really is. You know, people enjoy it, and I I, I try to keep it fast paced, and I take them on a lot of field trips. Um, in the last two hundred one class, I took them to three different locations. Uh, one where there was a, a violent history of where there were a lot of duels in the area, and then I took them to a plantation. Um, where it was just your normal types of residual hauntings. And then I took them to a cemetery where um, a lot of indigents were buried. And I got them to just kind of feel the difference in the energy in these places. And um, it was amazing how many, you know, w- once you start getting used to feeling that energy, mm-hmm. you you get in tune to it. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun. It was interesting.
1: I, I actually have a question that, uh, you know, I've been asked uh, all through the years, and, and I'm sure many, many investigators have been as well. Is it is it dangerous to go on a house a ghost hunt, and can you bring them home with you? Those are the ones that always uh, come to the forefront.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, you can absolutely. I think I, I've had cases where people have had things follow them home. I've gone into places. Where um, I've actually gone into what I consider to be residual hauntings and just brought, walked into so much negative energy. I've had physical effects from it. But um, back when we had the television show, we actually had a guy who brought something home with him from a cemetery. And he had gone out there and he was drinking. And while he was drinking in the cemetery, decided to go into an open tomb and steal a femur bone, and then yeah. announce to everybody, if there's anybody here, he challenged him, is anybody here, come on back with me. And then, of course, three weeks later was calling us to come in and get rid of what he had in his home. And he was having a lot of problems. So, yeah, it can be dangerous. I think that when people are going to do this kind of thing, they have to be very careful, number one, to ground themselves and also cleanse themselves to get negative energy off. But again, it's that closing off of the portal. If you go in opening up the other side, and, and and what I mean by that is when you go in with the intent to open up the door to that spirit world, you open it up and you have to be respectful and you also have to know how to close it off. If you go calling spirits forward and you don't close that door that you've opened, where's all that stuff going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there's a lot of people who challenge spirits. I think there's, you know, of course, in my belief system, I believe there's a lot of spiritual things out here that were never human. There's, there's, there's all sorts of spirits. I've been to locations, um, for instance, that used to be Native American burial grounds. And there's protection spirits. There's Native American indigenous spirits that are attached to land. And I think lots of times people are dabbling with things that aren't necessarily ghosts. And I think that's when it becomes very dangerous, because they start taunting spirits or or challenging them, and, I, and well, Khalil,
1: funny. I hate to tell you this, but we've actually got to wrap it up.
3: Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. So, thank you, though, for having me.
1: Oh, uh, no, thank have, you. Oh, uh, you know, you, you've got you got a lot of uh, interesting thoughts, and uh, you know, some great books as well. And we'd love to have you back again sometime.
3: Yes, thank you.
1: So, anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, and uh, can you give out your websites once again?
3: Sure, that's uh, hauntedhistorytours.com and Kalilasmith.com.
1: Okay, thank you very
3: much. Thank you.
1: Listen to you, Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Ghost Channel, and beyond, perhaps the Ghost Box, and who knows, even EVPs. So until next week, good night, and God bless.
2: Good night, God bless.